Hi, I'm Rachel Monteleone and welcome to Kittypedia, the podcast. I'm not an expert. However, I do speak with them with the view of providing you with expert information and advice to help you be the best parent that you can be. Together, let's give children the life they deserve and a positive future. Hello and welcome. Well, I have a question for you. Have you heard of CMV? Now, if this is the first that you've heard of it, I'm sure you're not alone. Now, did you know that CMV is the most common infectious cause of disability in newborn babies? So the question remains, you know, why do we know so little about it? And what are the simple steps that we can take to minimize the risk of contracting it? Well, that's what we're here to discuss today with our special guest, Dr. Haley smithers Sheedy. Now, with a long list of qualifications, our special guest, Dr. Haley smithers Sheedy, is a senior research fellow at Cerebral Palsy Alliance and the University of Sydney, and also a postdoctoral research fellow in Epidemiology Australasian Clinical Trials Network. Uh, she has expertise in epidemiology um, and a whole list of other, other things, including neuro. The neurodevelopmental disability and consumer involvement in research. That was a bit of a mouthful for me to get out, but your qualifications are incredible. Thank you for joining us. How are you? Oh, Rachel, thank you so much for having me along and to be able to um, talk to you about CMV. It's something I'm really passionate about telling people about. So thank you for this wonderful opportunity. Oh, well, I mean, I honestly was so shocked to discover that CMV was so common, yet that we know so little about it. So, well, I have a heap of questions to ask you, but before we get stuck into it, I just wanted to acknowledge, of course, that we published your article titled CMV Awareness Month, Pam and Christopher's Story. Now, for someone who hasn't read the article yet, can you please tell us what it's about and, of course, what inspired you to write it? So that article is really, um, you know, I can't take all the credit for it because it really is about Pam and Christopher. Um, so Pam's a mum of a young boy um, who has cerebral palsy <laughs> as a result of um, cytomegalovirus or CMV infection in pregnancy. So Pam was um, very excited to be pregnant and looking forward to the joys of motherhood, etc. Um, and she was feeling a little bit run down in her first trimester of pregnancy. Um, and um, she uh, went and had some extra tests and talked to people about it. Um, and then at one of her checkups later on in her pregnancy, um, they discovered that there was some problems with how the baby was developing. Um, and obviously, this is very stressful for Pam and her family. Um, and as the testing and investigations continued, they eventually discovered that um, the baby boy had um, a CMV infection um, that had been passed from Pam through the placenta to the developing baby. Um, and they had to make difficult decisions about whether to continue the pregnancy or not. And they chose to continue and they have a beautiful boy called Christopher. Um, and Christopher is um, fantastic, got a beautiful smile. Um, and, uh, but he has, he has complexity in his life. So he has cerebral palsy and epilepsy. He requires feeding through a gastrostomy tube. Um, so, you know, things are not straightforward for Christopher or, or his family, um, but they love him to bits. Mm -hmm. And um, every day is a beautiful new day with Christopher. Um, but 
as a result of that, Pam has become very passionate about wanting to tell people about CMV and what they can do to reduce their risk of infection during pregnancy. Mm. From what I do know about CMV, I understand that it can be prevented. So I get, I guess before we get into understanding about that, can you please just tell us exactly to begin with, what is CMV? Yeah. So CMV is a common herpes virus that circulates really widely in the community. And by the time we reach adulthood, surprisingly, around half of us will have had a CMV infection. But it's unlikely that we'll know that we've been infected because in healthy people with a good, robust immune system, um, the infection will either be asymptomatic or it might result in just mild flu-like symptoms. However, for CMV infection in people who have got um, who are immunocompromised or who are pregnant, um, it can cause more problems. So, if a pregnant woman has a CMV infection during pregnancy, the virus, as we've said in Pam and Christopher's case, can be transmitted from the placenta to the developing fetus, um, and we call this a congenital CMV infection. And it's surprisingly common. In Australia, around 2,000 babies are born every year with CMV. And of these, while the majority will remain healthy, which is great, around 400 um, will um, have complications um, and CMV disease. And this um, can result in um, long-term problems like deafness, epilepsy, and cerebral palsy. My goodness. So... Tell me if this is correct. So if I'm hearing this correct, so CMV is a viral infection and it's passed through bodily fluid. Is that right? Yep, absolutely. Okay. So, so, it, so do you want me to talk about the transmission? Yeah, and I just want to know, is it highly contagious and is it an STD or not? I don't know. Yeah. So CMV can be um, sexually transmitted, um, but it's the area that we're most concerned about in actual fact around CMV is um it being transferred through urine and saliva from young children to their mothers. So um, because it's passed through bodily, bodily secretions, so usually urine and saliva, and small children could pick up CMV, for instance, at childcare um, or when they're playing with their peers because, um, you know, kids love to share blocks and put them in their mouths and all that stuff, little kids, little toddlers, um, and they can shed the virus in their urine and saliva for up to two years after infection. So for people who are working with young children as part of their, their job or if they're caring for young children at home, they're at increased risk of CMV infection. Okay, so starting with the mothers, I mean, how would a mother know if she has contracted CMV? Um, what are the symptoms? Yeah, so most um, most people, as we've said, if you pick it up, you might have no symptoms whatsoever or you might only have a mild flu-like illness. So it's difficult to, um, to know. If you're pregnant and you do have a mild flu-like illness, it's probably worth mentioning it to your um, health provider. Um, and just particularly if you work with young children or if you've got young toddlers at home, um, obviously in this, these times of COVID, <laughs> mild flu-like illnesses have, uh, you know, something we're all very aware of, of checking for, but um, it would be something just to, to talk to your maternity healthcare professional about. Um, most of the time it's going to be that you've just got a cold, um, but in some cases it could be that you've picked up CMV. Right. Mm -hmm. So what would be, I guess, the typical symptoms of CMV in a, a baby who is uh, a newborn and who is sick at birth then? Yeah. So babies um, who, are, uh, who have 
contracted CMV, so they have congenital CMV. Um, at birth, there's two groups. One group um, has no symptoms whatsoever, and the majority of those babies will go on to be really healthy and happy and have no complications to do with their infection. Um, a proportion of those babies can go on to have um, what we call sensory neural hearing loss. Um, uh, it's a progressive hearing loss um, that can result in deafness, um, and those that that is something that can happen even if you don't have symptoms. Um, in the newborn period. Then there's another group of babies, which is a, the, um, a minority of babies who have more severe symptoms. So they have this um, very typical rash. They might, have, um, they might be quite ill in the newborn period. Um, they might have jaundice. Um, and these kids will be picked up um, by the, the health professionals in the hospitals as being unwell and they'll be tested um, mostly and, um, and hopefully identified as having CMV. Um, and for those children, there are now antiviral therapies that may be considered um, for, some, for some babies. So I was reading in, in uh, doing my prep for the interview today, some of the other things that they've um, suggested, and tell me if this is correct, so a premature birth, low birth weight, yellow skin and eyes, which is jaundice, enlarged yep. and poorly uh, functioning liver, purple skin yep. splotches or a rash or both, abnormally smaller head, um, an enlarged spleen, um, possibly even pneumonia, and babies born with CMV can have brain, liver, spleen, lung and growth problems. Is that correct? Yeah, that's all correct. So that that rash they're talking about is called a petechial rash, and it's quite distinctive. So when people, if a healthcare professional in a maternity unit saw a petechial rash, they'd say there's a there's some kind of viral infection that this baby has has had. Um, and the um, problems with liver function is another um, common sign. So these the kids, this is usually only around ten um, percent of kids that are born with. Congenital CMV will have these more severe um, signs of infection in the newborn period, um, and um, those are the kids that are at highest risk for going on to have problems. Um, and we also know that CMV causes, it doesn't come up as a symptom in the newborn period, but it causes damage to the developing brain and nervous system. So these kids, you know, do have a really, some of them have a really complex, um, you know, uh, future ahead of them. So how would uh, a newborn baby that is born with CMV um, in this instance then be treated typically in hospital? What would they do? Um, so as I said, they would support them. They'd support their health um, in terms of um, supporting them to recover from the jaundice. Um, they'd try and um, uh, do everything they can to keep that baby as healthy as possible. And as I said, there's new antiviral therapies that are also um can be given um, to babies born with congenital CMV. They also have some side effects, um, the antivirals, so it's not given routinely to all babies, um, uh, but children with more severe infection um, are more likely to be considered as candidates for the antiviral therapies. And, you and then after that, you have to follow them. It's very important to follow these children for the first um, 12 to 24 months of life and maybe even up to three, to make sure that they don't have that progressive hearing loss that we talked about before. And you mentioned earlier about children that are likely to um, contract CMV at the likes of uh, maybe in, in a childcare centre. 
Um, so what would be the typical symptoms of a child who has contracted CMV in, in that scenario as well? Well, that's that's the tricky thing. So um, children who pick it up from one another are likely to be completely asymptomatic or they might be slight, have a slight mild flu-like symptom, um, but how often do we see kids who have got a slightly runny nose or, you know, slight temperature and it doesn't really mean much in childcare? I'm sure if any of your listeners have got kids um, out there, they'll have picked up a thousand bugs along the way in the first year or two of life. Um, so it doesn't, it's not something, and you don't need to treat for CMV in small children. If they pick up CMV from one another, there's no necessary treatment. It'd just be Panadol or whatever um, you do for a um, regular cold or flu. Okay, so there's no side effects if your child does pick it up um, no. as a toddler or, okay, no. it's, it's only no. in pregnancy, in utero and um, the, the the symptoms that then develop um, at birth. Yeah. So this is a, the key point we want to make about prevention is that the time that we really want to focus on CMV is to prevent it during pregnancy and in many cases we possibly can um, because CMV um, during pregnancy is where you see that the, the damage from from this virus mm, okay so do. so for healthy children and adults I'm hearing that the the virus can be harmless but if a pregnant woman is infected the virus can be passed to her unborn baby causing severe disabilities and developmental issues um, even death, would you say, as well? Yes, yeah, so CMV, CMV has been um, associated with um, still birth. Um, it's also um, we do have families, um, unfortunately, who we know who um, lost their babies um, in the first days of life um, because the children were very, very ill um, from the CMV infection and their, um, their, the damage to their developing brains was um, such that they, they couldn't survive. So it can. That's a very rare outcome. It's very sad, but it's also a very rare outcome. Um, we have to remember with CMV that most babies born with it will be absolutely fine, but there is a proportion who can have these poor outcomes. Um, so, and they're the. That's really why we're trying to get information about out about prevention and awareness um, to reduce those cases. How does um, a, a doctor or medical staff then test and diagnose for CMV? I, I was reading that there's a heat prick test. Is that the m most common? Oh, a heel prick test. Um, mm. Yeah, oh. that um, CMV is not routinely, um, there's no routine screening for CMV in the newborn period. Um, and screening mothers is also not recommended. Um, uh, the difficulty with screening mothers in pregnancy is that when do you stop screening because you could screen them every week of their pregnancy to see if they've picked up the virus um, and that would become just incredibly stressful for the parent and, um, and a lot of unnecessary testing so um, there's currently no screening but what is universally recommended is that all pregnant women um, take up the prevention strategies um, to reduce their risk of CMV infection in pregnancy. So then how can you prevent it then? Yeah. So remember we talked about um, that it's transmitted um, often through um, contact, close person-to-person -person contact with saliva and urine of young children. So the prevention strategies, um, just like um, 
other prevent healthy prevention habits like avoiding soft cheese or not changing the kitty litter. They're just simple strategies that women can take to reduce their risk. Um, so avoiding contact with children's saliva, as we've said. So this is things like not sharing food, drinks, cutlery, toothbrushes, dummies with young children. And when we give, when we're pregnant and we give our beautiful toddlers that we might have at home with us a kiss. We give them a beautiful kiss on the forehead, not on the lips, um, to try and reduce that contact with saliva. And then the other really important strategies around hand washing, and we're, we're getting much, much better at hand washing since the COVID era has, has come upon us. <laughs> um, so, yeah, absolutely. So now, um, you know, it's recommended that we do 15-second um, of hand washing after we have contact with children's urinal saliva. This is after things like changing nappies, blowing noses, handling children's toys or dummies. So lots of hand washing during the day and avoid that contact with children's saliva. And we know that these strategies can really reduce the risk of CMV infection in pregnancy. And it's only for that time when you're pregnant. So although these are changes that people might think, oh, God, another thing to do, it's really for a short period of time when you think about it. It's just, it's just when you're pregnant. And in saying that then, is it more common for mothers who already have toddlers and, and other children to contract CMV because that their other children may have then picked it up, like we're saying, at childcare or somewhere like that? Um, Rachel, yeah, absolutely right. It's the, um, we know that, that we know from the research that um, women who work with or care for young children are at increased risk of CMV infection. So, mm -hmm. Whilst we recommend these strategies for all pregnant women, if you have small children at home or you work with um, young children as for, for your jobs, really important to take on these strategies during pregnancy. I guess the, the best part and, and takeaway from this is that it can be prevented. So it's just a, I'm hearing that it's just about employing some simple hygiene measures. So as you mentioned before, for, um, for mothers, um, pregnant mothers, to avoid sharing food and utensils with children, um, not to clean dummies with your mouth, avoid um, kissing children on the lips. Um, as you mentioned earlier, COVID has most definitely retaught all of us how to wash our hands uh, effectively. They say that you have to sing happy birthday twice, I think. Is it um, Perfect. Soapy? <laughs> with warm water and soap, um, but definitely after changing nappies, blowing noses, um, and feeding children, and of course, to wipe down toys and all services that have come in contact with children's bodily fluids. Would you say? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's it's all about reducing your contact um, with saliva and urine, and all those strategies are, are bang on, um, Rachel. What you've you've gone through there, um, and I think um, what we've found and what the research told us is that when you talk to pregnant mothers. They do find that these um, strategies are acceptable and reasonable um, and most people are really happy to have more information about how to stay healthy during pregnancy. Um, so it's not about being alarmed. It's just about um, putting these things in place the same way we do um, avoid the soft cheese and we don't drink during pregnancy. Just, it's, just, it's just another battery, um, another item in our battery of healthy behaviours during pregnancy. And then in saying that, how can we better educate the maternity health professionals about this? I mean, is it common that all health professionals know about CMV or not? So, yeah, we do have some good recent Australian research which says that uh, currently only around 10% of maternity health professionals routinely 
share information about CMV with pregnant women. So we really think this we can improve on this. Um, and there's some good news. Uh, there are new guidelines from the Royal Australian New Zealand College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists, which are called RANSCOG. And these guidelines that have come out recently now state that all women should be provided with information about how to reduce their risk of CMV infection in pregnancy. So we're really hoping that in um, the coming years, as this practice becomes more established, that more women are going to hear about um, CMV and how to reduce their risk. Um, and the other thing we're very excited about is we've recently launched an e-learning course, which is available free to midwives across Australia. And the course is um, result of a collaboration between the Cerebral Palsy Alliance, CMV Australia, and the Australian College of Midwives. And it aims to support midwives to feel really confident about sharing CMV prevention strategies with women in their care. So we're really hoping that this will help midwives to be able to um, share this information with women um, and feel confident in, as, as they do so. So yeah, we're really hopeful that this will in, improve and change in coming years. Love it. And then on the on the flip side, of course, I mean, how do you think we can get out this prevention messaging uh, to parents and carers also? Yeah, well, firstly, I'd encourage any of your listeners to please share this information about CMV prevention with their friends and families. I mean, it's about how you share it. It's not anything to be alarmed about. It's just another healthy pregnancy habit to form. Um, these these strategies are just healthy habits to form um, to um, reduce the risk of infection in pregnancy. Um, so if anyone wants to share information about CMV with their friends and family, that would be fantastic and it would really help us with our campaign to get the message out. Um, Cerebral Palsy Alliance and CMV Australia are also working with clinicians and researchers across Australia. Um, we've developed posters, information pamphlets, we've got um, radio ads, we've got social media happening um, and we're taking any opportunity to speak with the media or um, the press to try and let people know about CMV and these simple strategies. This has um, been yeah. really insightful and really, really interesting and I'm very grateful for your time and sharing this um, really important information with us today. I guess if you were to summar, um, summarise your key messages for anyone watching and listening, what would they be? Um, they'd be that um, CMV is really common. It's in the community um, and there are simple ways to reduce your risk of CMV infection in pregnancy and to reduce the um, risk of harm to a developing baby. Um, so, and these are to reduce your contact with saliva and urine, um, by being really careful about not sharing food, dummies, um, toothbrushes with young children and washing your hands after nappy changes. Um, and if people could take that away from our session today, Rachel, I'd be, I'd be really pleased. Awesome. And, of course, if, if parents have got any other questions, where about should they go to them? Well, of course, if you've got specific questions, um, do contact your um, maternity health care professional if you're pregnant or if you want to talk about it with your GP, ask your GP. Um, obviously, they're always the first point of call. Um, it's also if you search in your preferred search engine on reduce your risk of CMV infection in pregnancy or reduce your risk of CMV, um, you'll find that you'll find your way to the Cerebral Palsy Alliance or CMV Australia websites where we have all sorts of information um, that um, you, I would hope you find helpful um, in, for, to guide you in implementing these strategies. 
Dr. Haley Smithers Sheedy, this has been really fascinating. Once again, thank you so much for your time today. Well, I'm sure we've got some of those links in the show notes. Take care and um, stay you. safe. We, thank you very again. much, Rachel. Cheers. Okay. Bye. Bye. I'm Rachel Monteleone, and you've been listening to Kittypedia, the podcast. You can have full access to Kittypedia by visiting our website at kittypedia.com.au or following us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. We're all here to help make the world a better place for our children and for generations to come. You can start today by helping us reach other parents by going to Apple Podcast, subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Thank you for listening and be sure to give my love to the kids.